This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Today, countless millions of Americans have worldwide connectivity. What if we could put that power to work to solve some of society's problems? One man thinks we can. The complex world which we live in today actually has an abundance of tools that we can put to work towards solving that problem. Then, one in 100 U.S. children have some form of autism. How can a parent know if their toddler could be one of them? We'll have the story. When you get that diagnosis, it's kind of a visceral response. But really, kids with autism, especially today, are doing exceptionally well, and there's a lot of support systems in place, and these things will happen. Those two stories, and a lot more, are coming your way on this week's edition of InfoTrack. Stick around. Our show begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. For the first time in history, millions of people are using the media and contributing to it as well, thanks to today's worldwide connectivity. Imagine if we were able to fully leverage this connectedness to solve society's most serious problems. Sounds good, but where do we start? Joining us to discuss this is Brian Rich, who is Senior Vice President, Global Editor for Edelman, and the author of Shift and Reset, Strategies for Addressing Serious Issues in a Connected Society. Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. It seems like every big problem in the world, Brian, ends up as a bumper sticker slogan or a sound bite. But you say these superficial things don't really solve problems. How can we get a grip on the problems and start solving them? Well, I think we have to recognize that complex problems require a lot more work than the simple bumper sticker or the online petition approach. And the complex world in which we live in today actually has an abundance of tools and an abundance of options that we can put to work towards solving these problems. So the big first step is really just to, I think, shift our thinking, to really have a mentality that embraces the idea that when there's a complex problem, we need to try new things and throw everything that we have available at our disposal towards solving that problem. Well, we see a lot of websites out there that often young people put together, and they're quite idealistic, and that's a wonderful thing, and they have, as you mentioned, petitions and fundraising. But you're saying these little things don't really move the needle that much. Well, not on their own. I think you can have a lot of little things that start to add up to some kind of success, but you really need to think about what the end goal is. And more often than not, the way people focus on solving these complex problems is confused. They think that raising awareness is enough. They think that raising money is enough. When really the metric for success when you're looking at a societal problem should be pretty easy. If you're trying to eradicate hunger, then you need to reverse the trajectory of that issue. You need to take the number of food insecure people and bring it down. So it's not so much counting up how many people did I provide meals to because of this effort, but how many sustainable, systemic changes was I able to bring about? And that's not the easiest, that's not the sexiest, it's not the best story in all cases to tell, but ultimately that's the most important thing that we achieve, which is actually finding a solution to these problems. Well, at the beginning of your book, you use a metaphor, a meteorite. Talk about that, because I think that's a great way to explain your concept. 
Sure. Well, the metaphor is that there is a giant meteorite hurtling towards the planet. And that meteorite is representative of all the things we talk about as reasons we haven't solved some of the complex problems, whether that's voter apathy or information glut or a lack of proper knowledge or expertise being applied to a problem. And I think the problem that we have right now is we're staring at the meteorite. So we're watching the sun get blocked out. Right. And instead of trying to recognize that there are important opportunities on the other side of that meteorite, if you just sort of knock that meteorite off course, just one tiny degree, two very important things happen. One is you save the world. You avoid certain disaster, which is always a good thing. More importantly, the reason I use the meteorite as a metaphor is because the meteorite is a celestial body with lots of gravitational pull. So if you knock it off course, you change those gravitational pulls and all these new opportunities, all these new things start to emerge that you weren't aware that you weren't able to spend any bandwidth, any mind share on because you spent all your time staring at the meteorite. We're talking with Brian Rich, who's the author of Shift and Reset, Strategies for Addressing Serious Issues in a Connected Society. Brian, with our connectedness, it seems like a lot of people these days are taking sides. There's a tremendous amount of online partisanship, and it seems like a lot of people are just trying to score points for their side. What is your thinking on that, and how do we avoid falling into that trap? I think you're absolutely right, and I think as a result, we're missing out on a lot of the real potential that exists, I think, uniquely in this connected society. The idea of being in a connected society is that we have access to people and experiences and perspectives that we didn't have the ability to bring together with a shared purpose or a shared focus before. And I think a big part of what gets in the way and what we see in this partisanship or sort of side-taking is that there's a focus on building up the organization or building up the entity that people think is ultimately responsible for or should be taking ownership over solving an issue as opposed to owning the solution. And so I think a lot of it is recognizing, and this is part of the shifting of the mindset, is recognizing that no single organization, no institution, no individual on their own is going to be able to solve these complex problems. So we have to get out of the mentality that having the best brand or having the most substantial list or the largest fundraising success on its own may be interesting, but isn't going to contribute to finding a solution. And when you get the organizational egos and you get the individual kind of ownership and proprietary perspective out of this, then you start to really explore what the shared values, what the shared focus and perspective on solving problems can really do. Obviously, the web is a great way to mobilize people, and we've seen that in all sorts of events that have happened in recent years. What's your thinking on this? Well, it's part and parcel to the whole idea of finding solutions, but getting people to do a one-off activity or an activity that makes them feel good but doesn't contribute to a larger solution not only is not getting the job done, but I think it actually has a real risk of having a more significant negative effect. So the analogy I usually give is something like an online petition. Very easy to do, very easy to roll out, very little cost in today's world. But the expectations that you set that are associated with that action, that mobilization, are very important. So if I say, sign this petition and we will fix whatever issue you care about, my expectation is by signing that petition, you're going to get that done. And when it doesn't happen, I start to lose faith or lose trust in you and the solution you're advancing. So then I come back and I do it again, sign this petition this time, really, we're going to get it 
And we really sort of waste and expend the goodwill and the limited resources that people have. And I'm confident, look, at some point we are going to find solutions to these complex problems. And we're going to go back to people and we're going to say, no, really, this time, all you have to do is sign on and we can solve this problem. And people will have given up on us a long time ago. It's the boy who cried wolf syndrome played out in mobilization to address these complex issues. And it really has a troubling not just, I think, short-term effect, but really potential long-term effect on our ability to do anything as a society. Brian, there are many tools that are available to organizations to try to move things forward, but you have a chapter titled, Stop Doing These Four Things. And I wondered if you could just touch on those as bullet points real quick for us. Sure. I think you have to recognize that when we have limited bandwidth, limited resources, limited energy, stopping doing things is just as important as coming up with new ideas. The four that I suggest as a starting place, we need to stop asking for money in favor of really asking corporations, partners, etc., to provide expertise, to provide unique understanding of how to solve a problem in an area that maybe they haven't addressed before. We need to stop creating new organizations because there are plenty of organizations out there that are doing good work but could use some additional intelligence or experience. And when you bring organizations together that have the same shared perspective but differing areas of expertise, you make both of them stronger. Three would be to stop overusing social media and really start to understand what it means to be truly social, what the audience wants, how to engage them, how to fulfill their expectations, how to tap into their both emotional and intellectual commitment to an issue instead of just being on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn. All of these are great ways to communicate, but they're not truly appreciating the kind of social connectivity that we have as human beings. And then lastly, to stop paying attention to case studies, not because understanding what we've done in the past is invaluable, but in fact, that's not the way we take case studies most of the time. We take a case study as a sort of dictate of how we should operate in the future. We photocopy that strategy plan, change the names, and move it forward. But the world changes constantly and quite rapidly now, and so we can't just use the same old game plan. We have to really look at why a past effort was successful and then take the elements of that and apply them forward. Brian Rich, Senior Vice President, Global Editor for Edelman, and the author of Shift and Reset, Strategies for Addressing Serious Issues in a Connected Society. And you can learn more by visiting shiftandreset.com. Brian, we want to thank you so much for joining us today on InfoTrack. Thank you so much for having me. Next, if there's a baby or toddler in your family, how can you know if they're at risk for autism? The facts you need, coming up. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this. 